Turn to somebody and say, all right, Mash? Get up and speak to somebody you don't like. Go on. Get up now and speak to somebody you don't like. And go like that. All right, Mash? All right, Mash? Praise God. In Swansea, we got this place, right? It's, it's, it's changed names now. It was called the Thai Phoenix, right? And basically, it's like, wait to service, but you can eat as much as you want, right? And I love my Chinese food. I would have... Ch- Thank you, Hayley. Give up for Hayley, everyone. And you, you can... But it's, it's like an all-you-can-eat buffet, but it's actual table service, right? So you could just keep ordering and ordering the food. And I heard about it, and I just had to go there, and... It was about three quarters of an hour before they closed. So I was trying to get as much as I possibly could in within three quarters of an hour. And they were all laughing at me because I just ordered all this food. And that's a little bit how I feel today. I got so much food. The Holy Spirit has given me so much food to feed you all today. But I only got a certain amount of time to do it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to preach it like this and then you can watch it back in slow motion. And you can just play it all back then in slow motion and then you can get about four hours worth. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We give thanks to you for your holy word. We give thanks to you, Father, that you know where all of us are in our lives. You know exactly what we're going through and you know what we need and when we need it. So Father, I thank you for the word that you've given me today. I ask that our hearts be good soil, ready to receive the seed of your word, and let it bear great fruit in our lives, in our territory, and in your kingdom. We pray these things in the wonderful name of our Saviour and your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And everyone said... Hallelujah. The title of today's message is Thanksgiving and Praise Goliath's Sword. Romans 8, 35 and 39. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or the sword, as it is written, for, the, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, turn to somebody and say, yet. In all things, we are more than conquerors. Through him, amen. Through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Give Jesus some praise. This may be your first morning in church. 
This may be your first morning in King's Church. You might have been here for donkey's years. Or you might have been very familiar with that passage of scripture, with that express phrase, we are more than conquerors. But what is it to be more than a conqueror? To be more than a conqueror is when you come out of the battle with the spoils of war. So you don't just come out battered, bruised, and worse off than you were going in. No, no, you come out of the battle better off than you were when you went in. That is what it means to be more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Since I've been pastoring down in Swansea with my beautiful wife Emma, We get to speak to people. People share things with us. And it's become quite apparent that some people are getting a kick in off the devil. And they're putting a brave face on it. They're going through the motions. They're going through the... But every day they're getting worn down. They're yet to see the breakthrough. And they're fighting and they're fighting and they're fighting and they're fighting and they're fighting... But they're not seeing the victory. They're not seeing the breakthrough. They feel anything but conquerors. And especially, they don't feel more than conquerors. And we speak to these people and they share with us. And there's one fundamental thing that the Lord has shown me that tends to perpetuate the situation. Yes, we all know what we have an enemy. He is the devil. He doesn't like us very much. And his kind of menu for the day is, what can I do? But we are more than a conqueror. And we are meant to not just fight, 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 fight. For the, the battle is already won. We are not trying to establish a victory. We are enforcing a victory. And there's a different mentality, a different ethos to trying to win a fight. That, that's one thing, trying to win a fight. The other thing is enforcing that that fight has already won. When World War II was over and V-Day was declared, the Nazis didn't just hang up their guns and all march off and say, hey, there you are. No, some of them resisted. There was resistance. And the Allied forces had to go in forcefully and claim back and take back what had been taken from them. Can I hear an amen? It's not the Lord's design that we should just fight, 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 fight and become tired and frustrated and worn down and demoralized. Because that is exactly what the devil wants for the church of Jesus Christ. He wants to demoralize and render the efficiency of the church useless. So that you're no good to yourself. You're especially no good to your territory. And therefore no good to the kingdom of God. Enough is enough. Enough is enough for the Lord will build his church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. 
There might be some people that I know there are, I know, because he wouldn't have given me this word. There are people in this congregation today who are feeling exactly like that. They're tired. Can I hear an amen? amen? They're tired of fighting day in, day out. They know the scriptures. They're hearing the word. They know. They love the Lord. They love the Lord. Yeah. But it just seems to be no breakthrough. Does anybody here want some breakthrough? I said, does anybody here want some breakthrough? Because this is why the Lord has sent me. He sent me here this morning with his truth. And we're going to hear that truth. And the truth is going to set us free. Amen. Amen. Any soldiers in the house? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Most of you know I spent about 20 years of my life practicing traditional karate. In traditional, any traditional Japanese martial art bases itself around the code of Budo. One of the principles of the code of Budo is the utilization and the neutralization of your opponent's force against him. So where you take your opponent's force, you take your opponent's strength, and you spin it, and you use it against him. That's why God sent me up here today. He sent me up here today to say, he doesn't want you fighting anymore. Not in your own strength. But you are going to take, not just his strength, but you're going to take the very thing that the devil is trying to use against you and this house. And you're going to spin it right the way around and put his own sword to his own neck. Hallelujah. As long as I can remember what he told me. <laughs> Praise God for the iPad. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We all know who our enemy is. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities and powers and rulers of wickedness in the heavenly realms. Amen? That is who our enemy is. And we know what he's trying to do. He's trying to beat us down. He's trying to cut us off in our territory. He's trying to close our territory down. When we've been called by God to expand our territory. To broaden our tent pegs. To stretch out. To claim back that which is his. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's time to take what the enemy has formed against us and use those very things to wreak havoc on the kingdom of darkness. Amen. Claiming back the territory which is rightfully our Lord's. See, the devil is a counterfeit king. He is the king of counterfeit. He is a father of lies. 20 years he had me teaching people how to fight people. Because of the gifting that was in me by the Lord's instruction to get people to fight principalities and powers in Jesus' name. This morning you've come to be equipped. Turn to somebody and say, I'm going to be equipped. Turn to somebody else and say, I'm going to be equipped. Hallelujah. 1 Samuel 17, 51. 1 Samuel 17, 51. I'm reading from the Amplified. 
So he, King David, who was just David the shepherd boy at the time, ran and stood over the Philistine, grasped his sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him. Grasped Goliath's sword and drew it out and killed him and cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that their mighty champion was dead, they fled. He used the enemy's sword to destroy the enemy. The result was the remaining enemy fled. If you want breakthrough, if you want the enemy to depart from you for a more opportune moment, because you're never going to get rid of him forever, but if you want them to stop beating you up in the same place, over the same things. If you want breakthrough. Because he'll always roam around your territory. Looking, testing the walls. Looking for a way in. But if he continually finds his way in through somewhere. And then it gets barricaded up. He'll go and try and find another way in. But you've got chance to heal. You've got chance to recover. You've got chance to build yourself back up. Can I hear an amen? I'm telling you, this is powerful stuff that we are going to be reading about today. That scripture had intrigued me for years. But the revelation of it, the Lord had kept for me. I kept asking him, what does that mean? What does it mean? And it was like looking from outside into a house through net curtains. You can make out shapes... You know things are in there, but the details of it are obscured. And that is what it was like for this scripture. Because it was obscured for me for a reason. And the reason is, is because it was decided before the foundation of the earth that this word would be preached here today. And it is a living rhema word that is bubbling in me. I kept asking the Lord, what is the sword for the Christian? What is Goliath's sword for the Christian? What does it mean to us, the enemy's strength? How can we use, what is, how can we do it? How can we use his own sword against him? And it was obscured until now. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Psalm 9. I'm reading a couple of verses together. I'm reading verse 1 and 2 and 3 and 13, 14, 15 and 16. Bearing in mind what I just said, now hear this. I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your marvellous things you have done. I will be filled with joy because of you. I will sing praises to your name, O Most High. My enemies retreated. They staggered and died when you appeared. Lord, have mercy on me. See how my enemies torment me. Snatch me back from the jaws of death. Save me so I can praise you publicly at Jerusalem's gates. So I can rejoice that you have rescued me. The nations have fallen into the pit they dug for others. Their own feet have been caught in a trap they set. 
The Lord is known for his justice. The wicked are trapped by their own deeds. The giant sword against the giant's neck. The enemy's sword is our trials and our tribulations. But when we use this for thanksgiving, praise and worship, we turn the enemy's sword on their own neck. When the very things formed against us to destroy us and to make us shake our fists at God and say, where are you, God? Where's God in all this? I'm tired. I've had enough. Don't give me any more scriptures. Don't come and visit me. Whoa. Is me. When the weapon formed against us to do that, does the complete opposite and turns us with a heart of thanksgiving, praise, and worship toward our God. Not only does it repel the devil because the devil's thinking, I ain't gonna do that anymore. Because it's having the opposite effect. But it also releases the grace of God in our lives. And that is when we go from being more, from being conquerors to more than conquerors. Give Jesus some praise. Hallelujah. See, thanksgiving, praise and worship. Thanksgiving is when we recognize God's goodness. Everybody say God's goodness. goodness. Praise is when we recognize God's greatness. Everybody say greatness. Greatness. Worship is when we recognize God's holiness. Everybody say holiness. holiness. So we got thanksgiving, praise, and worship. Everybody say thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. praise, Praise. and worship. Worship. Hold your left hand up and say thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. praise, Praise. and worship. Worship. Now hold your right hand up and say Goliath's sword. sword. Now put the two of them, your hands together. That is what you've got. You've got Goliath's sword against Goliath's neck. In the form of thanksgiving, praise and worship. Give Jesus some praise. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Listen, I haven't got time to go into praise and worship today. I haven't. Please, in your own time, I'm just going to focus on thanksgiving today. Okay? Maybe you can have a word with your pastors and maybe I can come up shortly and carry on with it. And I don't know. Either that or you stoned me after the meeting. I don't know. But I'd love to go into it a bit more with you guys. Um, In the meantime, please do your own study on praise and worship and what that releases in your life. Today we're going to focus on thanksgiving. Amen? How long have I got? Yeah. You say that now. But at 8 o'clock tonight, you're going to read those words. 20 minutes. Okay. Praise God. 
When we allow our adversity to steer us toward our adversity to steer us toward God in thanksgiving, praise, and worship, there is no sword like it. Now, this scripture I'm going to read you is a very obscure little scripture that this and the scripture I read earlier to you about he chopped off Goliath's head with his own sword. These two, the Lord put together, and He's kept them in an envelope for the last ten years, and it has bugged me until now. Praise God. 1 Samuel 21, 8 and 9. So David's on the run. He's had to get out of Dodge, yeah? He's got nobody with him. He's got no weapons. He's got no nothing. He goes to a temple in a place called Nob. Turn to somebody. No. (laughs) 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 Praise God. (laughs) I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> 1 Samuel 21, 8 and 9. David said to Ahimelech, Do you not have a sword or spear here on hand? For I brought neither my sword nor my other weapons with me, because the king's business was urgent. Then the priest said, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah, is here, wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. I haven't got time to go into the ephod with you, but it is a, 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 a representation of holy ordinance and, and coming into the presence of God, the priest would wear the ephod. The sword was behind the ephod. Because of time, I can't even go into that with you. If you would take it for yourself, do so, for there is no other here accept it and David said there is none like it give it to me there is no sword like it there is no weapon in your armory more powerful than thanksgiving praise and worship it is no weapon like it hallelujah The devil don't want you to know this stuff. When we submit to God in these three ways, the Bible makes it very clear what we can expect. James 4, 7. This is from the Amplified again. So, submit to the authority of God. Resist the devil. Stand firm against him. And he will flee from you. See, a lot of the times, a lot of churches, a lot of ministers say, resist the devil and he will flee from you. No, no, no. Submit to God. There is no greater. Do you know why God gave you a tongue? He gave you a tongue to praise his name. There is no greater use of your tongue than to praise the name of Jesus Christ. Than to give thanks to Jesus Christ. Than to worship Jesus. It is the highest level of service any part of your body can do. 
There is no weapon like it. There is no sword like it. David said, give me the enemy's sword, for there is none like it. When the devil has you down and beaten down or tempted and you resist the devil, submit to God in praise, worship and thanksgiving, there's no weapon like it. Hallelujah. It is through these three things that we gain access to grace. It is through these three things. Psalm 100 verse 4 and 5 tells us straight. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful, thanksgiving, unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth, his faithfulness endures to all generations. That's why the Bible is just as relevant today as it was 4,000 years ago. Because his truth, his faithfulness, his word endures to all generations. Hallelujah. Okay, so we're going to look into this word grace and the word thanksgiving. Grace and thanksgiving are connected. You might not have seen it before. I'm going to show it to you now. Grace and thanksgiving are connected. I'm going to read you two translations of the same scripture. Hebrews 12, 28. Therefore, this is from the New King James. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably and with reverence and godly fear. Let us have grace. Now I'm going to read from the New International Version, the same scripture. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. See, grace and thanks are the same thing. What do we do when we sit down to have a meal? We say... Grace, what are we actually doing? We're saying thank you. You look at the root of the word, which I haven't got time to go into, but you look at the root of the word. It's the same word in Greek, in modern day Greek, as the word is used there for thanks. Grace and thanks is the same word. When we look at the, the Romance languages, just two, for example, you've got Spanish, you've got Italian. What is thank you in Italian? Grazie, it's based on grace. Grazie is based on the word grace. In Spanish, gracias, grace. Grace and thanksgiving are the same thing. If you want grace in your life, because I'm going to run out of time in a minute. If you want grace in your life, be thankful to God. You want to release grace in your life, be thankful to God. If you take nothing else from this morning, take that. Hallelujah. Grace and thankfulness are the same thing. You cannot have thankfulness and not have the grace of God. Have you seen the grace of God in your life? It makes you thankful, doesn't it? And sometimes you might not be able to see the grace of God in your life. Maybe the devil's kicked up one heck of a sandstorm. 
Just start thanking God. Just start thanking God. A couple of biblical statements on thankfulness and the scriptural dynamics and principles attached to this. If you've got pens and paper, if you've got... In Blind Mice, we have slate and a nail. But if you have some method of taking notes, please write these scriptures down for your own study. Colossians 3, 15 to 17. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. See, we weren't called to be in perpetual turmoil. Can I hear an amen? Amen. You were not called to be in perpetual turmoil. If you, a life is miserable, it is not what you were called to be is miserable. You were called to have peace, supernatural peace. Let the peace of God rule in your heart since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell in uh, dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. So you can't be thankful without gratitude. Hallelujah. Do you want the wisdom of God to rule in your life? I do. Do you want the peace of God to rule in your life? Thank Jesus. Get a thankful heart. That's all we need. Is to return to a thankful heart. How am I doing for time, Haley? Yeah? Praise God. Also, thankfulness is a great thermometer. (laughs) Read this. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I'll read it again. This is verse 17. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. See, somebody said to me in work last week, a new born-again Christian, I, I led him to the Lord in work, and he is on fire, the Holy Spirit is all over him, and he is just a, 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 a continual flow of questions. And he started to ask me, well, can I do this? And can I do that? Does God mind this? And does God mind that? And I said to him, look, this, and this is all from the study that I've been doing on this word. Can you give thanks to God for it? In all things, give thanks to God, whether in word or deed. So you might think, well, Lord, you know, my next door neighbor does deserve to be knocked out. (laughs) You know. You've given me a mighty left hook. Why? Why would you have given me a mighty left hook if I was not meant to use it? Surely it is for smiting my enemy. 
can you can you give thanks to God for a split second knockout the answer is no isn't it because you know Jesus said love thy neighbor he didn't say oh knock him out one of the two if you can't win the first way bang put one on his chin just say it no Jesus didn't do it he said love thy neighbor so you can't then give thanks to God for knocking your enemy out can you hear what I'm saying now this is what I said to him and it's a great thermometer and please hear me now hear me now because if we can live like this where we're not sure whether we can do it I mean if we look at our lives and sometimes the devil comes to you oh you're not a very good Christian you so you go okay he's nagging me a bit by you now should I examine myself and you go through your day and you go through your life and if there's anything in your life and anything that you do that you can't honestly in good conscience say Lord thank you for this thank you for that then it's a good measure of whether or not you should be doing it amen give Jesus some praise that was for somebody who's been struggling with a moral issue of whether something in their life is okay or not and you've been justifying it to yourself the answer is can you do it and while you're doing it give thanks to God be set free in Jesus name amen hallelujah thankfulness to God is connected to being filled with the Holy Spirit did you know this if you didn't great I tell you if you did well tough you don't have your money back Thankfulness to God is connected to being filled with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5, 17 to 20. Again from the New King James Version. Can I encourage you, when you study in the Word of God, look at different versions. Different versions will give you slightly different translations on certain words. It's good to get a broad spectrum. I read it now from the New King James Version. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of what is the Lord's will. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation but be filled with the spirit speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord giving always for what all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ when we give thanks to God we get filled with the Holy Spirit when you get filled with the Holy Spirit you will start thanking God and what you're doing is you are doing away with a perpetual circle of being beaten up to a perpetual circle of being filled hell yeah give Jesus some praise man it's a different game it's taking Goliath's sword and it's putting it on his own neck where the very things that were designed to destroy you are making, equipping you and bringing you to a place where you're coming out as more than a conqueror because now you're better off because the grace of God and the Holy Spirit is flowing in your life why? because you started thanking God in your adversity and now the power of God did you know and I'm going to have to give you the, 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 the kind of like zip 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 version now because I am running out of time and Eddie's going to be looking at me again now but I could be here all day because the fire of God is upon me. Did you know that when it comes down 
to thanking God. You not only get filled with the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, but it releases the miracle power of God. Do you know you are better off cutting 20 minutes out of your prayer life? That 20 minutes, you know the 20 minutes where you decide to impress God with your knowledge of scripture. Or you decide to impress the guy sitting next to you so he really understands how much you've been walking with the Lord now long. Or when you start preaching in your prayers. Cut those 20 minutes out and just thank God. I'm telling you, I'm not a man for long-winded prayers. I'm not. I've seen miracles happen and in those miracles they've been some of the shortest prayers I've ever prayed. There's a guy here called Emir. He's sitting by there, his car broke down. 20 minutes on the jump leads. Nothing. 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 Me and Steve Maddox, they said, come on, Steve, let's pray. We lent on him. He said, oh, start in Jesus' name. Nothing. So we're like, so then I'm talking to Debbie, and we've forgotten all about Emma's car, to be honest with you. It was just, for the ages there, for 20 minutes. He kept trying to turn it over. And I'm talking to Debbie, and the spirit of the Lord came on me. I started looking at this engine. I'm talking blah blah blah. I just, I, just, I went out of the blue and I got started Jesus' name. And when I got boom straight away, and there he is, did that exactly like that. Some of the shortest prayers you ever pray will have more effect. And let's look at two of Jesus's in because I don't know about you, but I kind of, you know, look at Jesus as an example, really. But let's look at two of the prayers he said. Lazarus, this guy be dead for walking dead like three days. Three days, man. His own family said, Are you really gonna? (sighs) Okay, do it. He didn't pray no long prayer. He didn't even pray. He just said, Thank you, Father. You always hear my prayers. Lazarus, come here. <laughs> he just gave thanks to God. Yeah. What happened with the, 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 when he snicked the little kid's food? If that happened to me today, I'd be put in prison. <laughs> but praise God, the grace of God was on him. Anyway, he takes a little kid's food, a couple of loaves and some bread. After he had given thanks he didn't pray oh the father hearest thou my voice get me a book in elizabethan english out come here hearest lordest thou hearest my voice no god speaks to me in swansea jackie goes out oh much You're better off just thanking God. Can I hear an amen? Just thank God. Thanking God is one of the three things. Remember what the Bible says. And I'm running out of time. i got so much more to give you. I'm really... Oh. Praise God. Praise God. See, it's not about academics. It's about approach. It's not about academics, it's about your approach. Enter into the courts with thanksgiving. 
uh, sorry, enter into the gate with thanksgiving, enter into the courts with praise. Thank you. Right. Jesus Christ was 12 years old. His family took him to Jerusalem for the Passover. There was a massive man, he was like Woodstock. And <laughs> it was like, anyway. And they just lost sight of him. They thought he was with somebody else, with the family, and all the families were together, and they all going in this big like caravan. It wasn't like a caravan, you know what I mean? And they were on their way back three days. Three days. Can I have the musicians up, please? Oh, see, look. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Three days they searched anxiously for him. See, life can get very busy. The devil can get very busy. And sometimes we can feel so very far away from the grace of God. Sometimes we can feel... Where is the grace of God? Where is God in this? And you become anxious. Just like Mary and Joseph became anxious. When they found Jesus three days later, he was right where they left him. He was in the temple, in the holy place, about the Father's business. Amen. And they said to him, why have you done this to us? Why have you done this to us? Don't you know? We have sought you anxiously. And he said, why have you sought me anxiously? Did you not know that I would be in my father's house about my father's business? You might be here today and you've been going through the motions recently. You might have been putting a brave face in it, but inside you're crying. And nobody's seen the cries that you've cried out to God. You're tired. You're beating down your own one knee. Enough. Enough. Today's a day where you not just get back up, but you're going to put one on the jaw of your enemy, not your neighbor. On the devil's jaw. You're going to turn all that adversity, all that negativity, all those trials, all that persecution, even your enemy in work is working in your favour. For God works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Today's a day where we're going to pray for a thankful spirit, that the Lord place in us a thankful spirit, not a grumbling spirit. Not a mourning spirit, not a negative spirit, but a thankful spirit. You see, you might not know the way to get in, and the devil might have succeeded in getting you down to that place where you are anxiously seeking him, where he seems so very far away. Let me tell you where he is. Enter into the gates with thanksgiving. When Mary and Joseph came back, they would have had to have entered the gates of Jerusalem. Then they would have had to have walked through the courts. And that's where we find Jesus, in the holy of holy places. Amen. So we enter into the gates with thanksgiving. And we enter into the courts with praise. Amen. Please bow your heads. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Maybe you, you're hearing this for the first time about this guy, Jesus. Maybe you want a bit of what he's got to offer. It's free. It's yours. It's yours by faith. All you've got to do is just believe what you've heard today. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And believe that he died on a cross for you. Your sins were nailed to that cross with him. And that he died and on the third day he rose again. And he rose for you. So that you can enjoy eternal life with him. And the new resurrected power that he possesses is yours. Let me tell you how. Because when you turn to him and you accept that and you ask him to come into your life. He actually comes and lives in you. And gives you a new spirit. And that spirit will teach you new ways from the inside out. Religion will try to change you from the outside in. Jesus changes you from the inside out. He changes your appetite. So you no longer desire the things of this world as you did before. But you then have a hunger for his ways. It's supernatural baby. And I'm going to give everyone an opportunity to do that now. So everybody, bow your heads, please. If you want to say this prayer and you want to invite Jesus into your life, please say after me, Lord Jesus, I hear who you are. And I choose to believe who you are. I believe that you are the Son of God. And that you died on a cross for my sin that I may be forgiven and that you rose on the third day and you are now sat with the Father at his right hand until the day you return. I repent of all my sin. I return around from all my sin and face you. Come into my life, Lord Jesus. Come and live in me and show me how to be the person that you made me to be. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for hearing my prayer. Amen. Now, everyone, keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. If you said that prayer for the first time and you meant it, I just want to pray for you this week. I'm not going to call you up a front. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you this week. So after three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand so I can see. One, two, three. Don't be afraid. Thank you. I see your hand. Is there anyone else? Thank you. I see your hand. Don't be afraid. I just want to include you in my prayers now. If you said that prayer, if you gave your heart to the Lord, then just show me your hand now. Last chance. Thank you. I see your hand. Stewards, if you could see these people, we've got some literature for you. Bless you guys. Father God, watch over these children as the seed falls, Lord. Let it take good root. I, I forbid the birds of the air to come and take away the seed and let the weeds not choke it, Lord. But Lord, place your angels over them now to watch over them. That your spirit be alive in them.